from Starlight Reunion Studios. This is artists interviewing artists. Freeform discussion and dialogue between creative humans. Recorded on location. I'm Christopher Moyles. Welcome to episode 7, season 14 of uh, Artists Interviewing Artists. <laughs> Today, we have, we have uh, Kate Mathy, uh, who creates as Attic Cowboy, um, and she is a graphic artist, a multimedia artist, um, uh, and we will start to have sort of a dialogue about what she creates and how she creates it and why she creates it and uh, then we'll get on some tangents and then the hour will be gone and we'll have to stop. Um, thanks for coming. Should I call you Miss Cowboy or? <laughs> you can call me Mary Kate. Call you Attic? <laughs> DJ Attic. <laughs> Sweet. Um, uh, Mary Kate, that's what we call you. Uh, Mary Kate also happens to be my roommate and an outstanding uh, maker of uh, baked goods and dinners, as well as ours, which is super awesome. Um, uh, just, as, you know, talking about visual art is like, what, reading about music? Is that the, that's like the analogy? It's a shit analogy, but it works. Um, We'll, we will definitely put this together into some kind of multimedia uh, epic thing so you can take a look at our art. But I, how would you describe what you do? Um, I mostly, so I mostly work with ink and watercolors. Um, that's like my main, my main media mediums that I use. Um, and then I would describe it as kind of like a collection of like storytelling um and like visual representations of storytelling um that yeah that kind of just like describe like the everyday rituals of life and the existential maybe crises that we have <laughs> every day if you <laughs> um i don't know i wouldn't call them crises but definitely just some like just your, the inner dialogue and I kind of try to put it into a series of paintings and books that can really just, that people can relate to mm-hmm. in their experiences. That like, we're all kind of like really quite similar, even uh-huh. though we all live very different lives. Mm. Yeah, well, we have um, a lot of artwork spread out on the dining room table here. Um, everything from basic sort of uh, pen and ink outlines to some very intricate um, uh, illustrated books. Uh, I wouldn't call them um, illustrated graphic novels because that seems to be like the hip thing now. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't call them graphic novels. They don't look like graphic novels. um, But they are are very unique. Um, A lot of watercolor wash and uh, very intricate pen and ink, but also in a sort of very stylistically done manner. Um, a lot of the mixing of um, sort of uh, um, graphics that relate to um, 
I'd almost call them like shamanistic uh, animals or mythical creatures combined with uh, some humanoid creatures. <laughs> call them. Definitely. Um, can you talk about uh, where those basic ideas come from for you? Um, for me, it's kind of, it's a combination of things. Like I feel like part of it is like dream interpretation but not necessarily like the dreams that I have when I go to sleep at night but like just like kind of like visions that I have throughout the day that I associate with emotion um a lot of like my paintings and my books are just kind of like indulgence and emotion and how I express it um and like the images and colors that I associate with the emotions that I feel um on a daily basis um and just like kind of like abstract representations of those things mm -hmm. in your in your books i see uh, the ones i've read through um that there is definitely a story underpinning um uh, underpinning the art uh and intertwined within the art um, do you do you create the story in draft form somewhere or do you just um, do the, the painting and the uh, the the words, the, the poetry, the the prose intertwined as a creative process at one time with mm -hmm. the with the art, the graphic art. It's kind of like I don't know. Like I I've definitely not pinned down. I haven't pinned down a specific process that I go through with each book. Like it definitely they all organically kind of fold out by themselves. Um, sometimes I'll do like the illustrations first. Sometimes I'll do the writing first. I definitely don't have a plan for the full story when I start writing it, um, and I don't necessarily have a plan specifically for the. Um, just the idea that I'm trying to get across. It usually just kind of comes out and then I'm able to find it in my words, like what I was trying to explain in my stories. Um, so it's definitely, there's never, it's never the same process. Mm. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, do, you, do you ever, um, in that process, do you ever uh, sort of make drafts? Most of these books are sort of hand, hand bound together on watercolor paper or mm -hmm. in, interestingly in some, uh, just some spiral notebooks, which I think is a very interesting effect. Do you ever sort of draft a page and then redo a page or do you just flow through them? I just flow through them. I've never redone a page before. Um, like I've never, I, it's usually just written as it is. Um, and the, the only story that I really did like multiple drafts of is like my story about creating like the home inside yourself. Mm -hmm. um, that was like the only one where I like have a notebook of like a couple drafts of the book. But for the rest of them, I just kind of like wrote it out and that was that. Mm -hmm. Which is usually like the process with like my paintings too. Like I never, I don't really draft out anything. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a one-time kind of deal. And, and for your books here, most of them seem to be uh, at least eight or ten uh, pages mm -hmm. um, or, uh, or art pieces, do you do them sort of linearly over a period of time or do you just sort of sit down and crank it out? I'll sit down and crank it out. Um, I Basically all the books that I have here besides the one about the inside home, um, I've written in a day and I've illustrated in a day. Um, 
I mean, it's usually like a solid like 12, 12 straight hours of just like writing and illustrating it. Wow, wow, that's great. That's that's really interesting. Um, one thing that uh, we at Starlight are always sort of interested in is this idea of flow state and creative um, energy. And we're sort of always trying to craft a place for people to have that have the space to do that whether it's a, a festival or a happening or all the all the, the crazy things we get into um do you do you sort of feel like you get into that sort of state when you're working on one of these projects where you're you're just time could either pass very quickly or very slowly or you realize you haven't eaten anything in hours? <laughs> definitely no definitely i get like wrapped up into it and then like nothing else matters really mm-hmm. for that day or that week like it's like the only thing i can focus on or think about um yeah it's definitely like a state of mind that i get into and i've definitely always like i've always struggled to relate to artists who are like I've did this piece over a course of like 10 years because like I feel like like my pieces I'm able to create fairly quickly but I still put a lot of like thought and detail into them it's just like I the time periods I usually just like put all of my energy into it into a very short period of time Mm -hmm. yes um uh, I think I'd like to talk about like some of the iconography that I see in your work. Um, I'm very much interested in um, uh, the sort of natural, the mythical yet natural creatures. Um, do you, do those sort of come from a source for you, or do they have sort of? They seem to be a theme that moves throughout all your work. Is that something that is um, you've cultivated? Yeah, it's definitely been. Like, I, I feel like it's been, like, two years of working on getting to the point that I'm at with, like, my style and, like, finding a consistent style. And it hasn't necessarily been, like, a direct effort in that. Like, I really have just, like, let it naturally unfold. Um, the characters, like, the continuous, like, characters that I use throughout my works, like, kind of just, like, they'll pop up as I go along. Like, lately I've been including a lot of like imagery and symbols of like horses and skulls Mm -hmm. in my paintings um and jackalopes too Mm -hmm. and those are (laughs) those are just like symbols that have like really resonated with me in these pat in this past year um and i've also watched myself like let go of symbols that i have usually continuously used in paintings like cows and oxes Mm -hmm. um it's just kind of, yeah, it's it's interesting how they've come and go. Mm-hmm. And they really just come from, from like, the, it's, like, whatever imagery I can use to best describe my emotion. Mm. Interesting, interesting. I, uh, I see some parallels um, with, uh, with indigenous art, with cave art. Mm-hmm. with the sort of a story being told and, and interesting little uh, little images that sometimes repeat and change mm-hmm. uh, over time. Um, it's very much like watching a character evolve uh, in a film or, or uh, even, even reading a, a book. Um, and it's interesting to see that in the same uh, in the same piece of art like I'm looking at the, this jackalope series mm-hmm. here. Um, do you do you sort of have uh, in the same way that we 
try to um, try to translate uh, cave art into stories? Mm -hmm. Do you sort of have like a hidden uh, a hidden vocabulary of icons that mean different things? Definitely, you know? I think that's the best way I've heard it described. Is like just like this sort of like secret language I've made up with myself. Mm -hmm. um, and just like all these translations that I see, like especially like I use a lot of like drawings of hands in all of my paintings and definitely like each image has its own translation. And I think that's a really good um, like connection that you made just like with cave art um, because there's also like this very, there's kind of like the, um, it's not very like deep like cave art isn't very detailed it isn't going for like a realistic effect it's going very much f so for like the storytelling effect and i think that's what's allowed me to like come into the style that i have now is that i've let go of like the need that i was always like i feel like i was always taught growing up like all right like realistic art is really good art and now that I've like let that idea go and that, that that isn't a natural expression for me in my artwork, I feel like I've really been able to come into these symbols in natural wit and a natural way of expressing um, my storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, in your in your in, in both your books and in your sort of uh, solo pieces, uh, I see a, an interesting mixture of playfulness and seriousness um, and intensity. Um, mm -hmm. And I wonder if you might talk about that for a minute and how you feel like that uh, may reflect um, the points you're trying to make with your art. Definitely. Um, I feel like, like I feel like I'm, I feel emotion like really intensely and just like I hold it really intensely within like inside of myself and so the way like I let it out is through my artwork and like being able to do it in a playful way is like sort of a release for me where I am able to like get out like the intensity of the emotion and the seriousness of the emotion but I'm like able to let it go by using like very like light colors and um, like fine line imagery. Mm -hmm. um, do you, do you, in your later work here, I'm seeing um, a, an interesting use of metallic colors. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about that a little bit? And yeah. You're, you're going to work on that's more recent work? or I've always, I'd say for the past couple years, I've really loved using metallic paints. Um, but recently I've just been using gold metallic paint and that's felt like incredible like I feel like that's really changed like the trajectory of my artwork and how I feel about it um like I really don't feel like my artwork is done until I add um like accents of gold and just like I feel like it highlights it in this way that really like expresses exactly what I want it to mm -hmm. in terms of like the emotion I'm trying to express or the story I'm trying to express um, but I recently, I started using the gold paint that's made by this really rad, um, indigenous artist. She hand makes these beautiful paints. She's called, her company's called Beam, Beam Paints, B-E-A-M Paints. Um, 
and they're so, they've definitely like that's been a huge influence in my artwork and like the change in style that I've seen over the past year um and I really like I started out using like a really cheap like dollar store set of paints um and I felt like really comfortable with that and then I bought some of her paints and it really just changed the way that I saw my own artwork and the way I expressed my artwork except or expressed myself um mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of it's kind of crazy like I think about my artwork in two parts I think about it the time like the times that I used this specific set like the specific palette of paints that I'd had through my whole childhood and then I and then the part where I bought these paints by this woman who handmade them and it's really just like these two it's com two completely different styles interesting um so the so the the indigenous um paint creator she's she's you're using all hers just not the metallic ones this, the metallic paints are actually hers as well okay. yeah okay. yeah I, I can see a difference in the in your palette Mm -hmm. for sure with those colors very interesting yeah it was almost like I finally like found the colors that I needed to to that like went with the emotions that I was feeling um like it was finally like that like perfect connection and translation I know um uh this sort of being uh, an interview about artists interviewing artists I've found that as a musician if I play a different instrument if I pick up a different kind of instrument um, it it opens up my creativity in a different way because mm -hmm. it's like I have all this it's sort of like that newfound joy of something yeah um, and it seems like that like maybe that's sort of like your same feeling with like getting a new a new a new pal or a new set of tools it's like it, it sort of re-sparks some creativity that happens because you have a different a different uh a different set of tools yeah exactly and just like it feels like a different perspective on the way i see color um it just is so much more vibrant um do you have a, a sort of particular um uh time that you do your work or do you just sort of grab it when it comes to you mm, i'll kind of just grab it when it comes to me uh recently I've been making a lot of paintings at night whereas like I used to make a lot of paintings in the morning time like in the sunshine um so that's definitely like changed over time and it really like it just ebbs and flows like it, I, with the seasons I think especially in the winter time I start to feel like more in like a hibernation type state so I start to like create more art at night mm -hmm. um but yeah um, with with your art, um, I mean, as artists, we always seem to be trying to find a balance between telling stories for ourselves and telling stories for other people. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that resonates with you at all. Um, I know that you your works are available for sale, and that that, that is um, something that you do, and mm -hmm. something that I do as well. Um, and I'm wondering if if it's something you talk about, like like how you sort of balance those boundaries of of like revealing yourself emotionally on the page and then also at the same time sort of like releasing that out to the world for mm. interpretation yeah it's a pretty heady question but. no no that, i mean that's a really really good question especially with like my books i feel that a lot um 
I sometimes like wonder like there are some people who I know like they'll read my books and they like they get it like you can kind of just like see it in their eyes where they're like oh like I completely understand what you're trying to say here um and then some who just like who don't and like no fault to their own it's just how they're perceiving the artwork um but I've definitely had to like let go of that and also I have had to start to feel comfortable with just like letting other people come up with their own interpretations to my stories and my artwork and finding ways to the where it resonates with them um and that's kind of been like that's been a really weird way to let go because but also like a really like I want I encourage people to come up with their own interpretations and their own feelings that are associated with my paintings um I have like a really hard time when I'm put on the spot by someone where they're like oh explain this painting or like what's the inspiration of this painting Mm -hmm. and it's like really it's so much more abstract than that um and like the thoughts and like feelings that were going through my mind when I made a painting or like book are like really difficult to put into words. Like it's the it's usually the reason why I made that book or painting was mm-hmm. to provide an explanation of things that I couldn't put words to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I definitely encourage people to come up with their own interpretations and feelings. Um, mm-hmm because I feel like that's a really cool way for my artwork to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think um, one of the things I find interesting about your books, um, it, as, a, as a musician, I create things um, that are easily copied mm-hmm. that, that and, and the way a lot of uh, visual fine artists create a piece and that piece may go to someone uh, but there may only be one copy of it. When I'm creating music, generally, it's it's being reproduced. Um, <laughs> the dogs are making noise. Words, buddy. What do you need? He has something to say. <laughs> he just woke up from a bad dream. Oh, he's all sore from your other day. creations as being especially for visual artists being a one-off thing where you have a piece of art and it goes away but you're from my understanding is with your books that you um make reproductions of them so they are actually like books that you're self-publishing yeah so you're able to sort of uh to that those go out to to people who all sort of uh have the same copy but get but get different interpretations of it, which I think is a really really sort of fascinating um, thing to do, and it's also I think um, of interest because um, uh, in the way that we all sort of balance creating and having time to create and being able to finance that too, is there's like a good balance between like mass producing uh, Campbell's soup can. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, screen prints and like making these individual uh, 
works of art that are very complicated uh, that you do. Um, do you, uh, how do you feel about that? Like, do you think, do you, do you feel like it's, it's been a good way for your, for you to get your work out to, to people? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, when I was younger, I really struggled with the idea of making prints and like copies of my artwork. Um, like I really just wanted it to all be originals, but then I realized like it was really, once I started making prints of my individual paintings or my books, it was like really so cool to see people like they're still interacting with that piece even though it's not like the original copy like it still like means something to them and it still like means something to me to be able to like get my paintings out to as many people as possible and I yeah like I always know that the original exists and I feel really good about having those or at least like offering them to people but I think having like copies especially of like my books is like the best way I can get like my stories out to a lot of different people mm -hmm. um and it's like makes it like just accessible to a lot of different people you know like not everyone can afford a like $200 painting so it's awesome to be able to like really offer artwork to a broad range of people and that's like just that's just really important to me is to like get off the train of like it's only art if it's four thousand dollars and if you don't have four thousand dollars then you can't have real art mm -hmm. and i just i think that's bullshit um i think that everybody should be able to have access to artwork that moves them mm -hmm. interesting interesting um have you ever had uh, people specifically request like uh, an original from you mm -hmm. yeah definitely um a surprising amount of people have been really supportive of originals, um, which is really cool to see and also really hard for me to let go. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, it's like a constant practice of letting go when I like sell an original piece where I'm like, wow, this is so much meaning to me. And it's so like, it's, yeah, it's like your baby. And uh -huh. then you have to just let it go to this person and you might not see it again. Um, yeah, I am. I am. Oh, my, one of my co-conspirators, BK, calls it killing the baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's totally how it feels like in my mind. But at the same time, like, it's interesting because, like, I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, I bought this original painting from you. Like, I still have it, like, hanging in my house. And I honestly, like, my, I feel like my brain is constantly coming up with so many new ideas and new paintings that it's like it's actually kind of easy for me to forget things that I created mm -hmm. and so like they'll show me like they'll describe this painting and I'll be like I don't even recognize yeah. that like I don't know what you're talking about dude and then they'll show me a picture and I'll recognize it but it's like it's kind of weird how like my brain lets these paintings go and then makes room for new ones mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's interesting as a uh... Uh, as a musician like we have this finished product and, like this like the, the mode is changing daily uh, mm -hmm. but there's like we used to have this idea of like a recording of a, mm -hmm. of a moment in time and like that's the thing you have and like now we have that because we can have a hard drive with a gazillion <laughs> gazillion half done projects that we never completed on it and, and with with your visual art um 
I think there's an interesting parallel to um, how you consider something to be completed. Mm-hmm. Like, do you do you just sort of have? I know you were talking about finishing with the the gold, the the metallic um, colors at some point in time. But is there is there a point where you somehow like you're ready to kill the baby? Like mm-hmm. you like you know it's there, or is it just like? You fall asleep and, and then you're like, ah, oh, that's done. Or, <laughs> or like you go eat lunch and your your well, the watercolors so they don't dry so much, but like you lose your color palette or something. <laughs> Do you have something that like 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 you sort of feel like you've got your cathartic thing it, on? It's kind of just like a gut feeling. Like it, it's really just like deep in my gut where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is done. Like that, I know that this is like this painting's concluded and it's not necessarily like oh I filled up the page with colors so that's how I know it's done or like oh I've like included this this and this so like it's done and it's really it's not anything like that it just is a gut feeling Mm -hmm. and especially like once I add the gold like once I add the gold that's how I know it's like at its conclusion or like all right like I'm good with this Mm -hmm. oh in your in your work we talked about earlier there often is a, a story um, words uh, in in grammatical format <laughs> I, I'm not sure whether you how you refer to them as like poems or or prose or a story I mean in your books there clearly is a, a storyline going through but um, I think in my earlier pieces, I referred to them as poems, and a lot of them were, like, in very, they were very much in, like, poem format. Um, But now, as I start to gravitate, especially with my single pieces of, like, towards a place where I'm just using imagery, um, I am more inclined to call it storytelling. Mm -hmm. Storytelling. Uh, Do you ever, or have you ever done... um uh, any sort of presentation at like almost performance art where you're reading any of any of the, the stories from your that's something I really want to do it's it's so hard with the pandemic now because like yeah. in per, in person performance art is like such a difficult thing to come by and to do it safely mm-hmm. um, there's just like a lot more hoops to jump through but definitely like yeah reading my books out loud is like a big big goal of mine I would really like to do that in the future um along with some like maybe some like visual art installation kind of thing interesting interesting yeah we at Starland we have done some interesting things with multimedia um and I don't think yet we have done anything using uh both the art and and the audio of an artist together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a cool project. We should we should work on. No, that. definitely that would be so awesome. Mm-hmm. I'd be down. Yeah, I think that that's a really a really interesting idea. Um, we've done a bit of that with some music and some visual artists, but we haven't we haven't crossed over into the spoken word yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be great. We've had some we've had some sort of um, um, improv jazz stuff with the spoken word, sort of in that sort of. 60s style that can either be really good or like really really bad (laughs) (laughs) it's a fine line it's a fine line you're like never and once you cross into one side you're like oh god (laughs) (laughs) there's no going back (laughs) there's the collective wincing that can sometimes happen 
but yeah. really terrible saxophone improvisation related to what someone just read. Yeah, and that's like also how I felt like with like spoken word poetry where I've definitely like in like the cities that I've lived in like and like gone to like some spoken word like poem nights I've been like, oh my gosh, like I, this makes me never want to do it. <laughs> like... Exactly. <laughs> um, well, uh... We're already coming up on a half an hour minus dog time. Um, uh, we sort of, we sort of, I sort of threw some questions at you while we were uh, preparing and eating dinner. Um, uh, I've sort of like, I'd like to go with a theme on these. As we do them, like one of them is being, oh, there's a dog. Who wants that kid? It's going to be feeding that dog. Um, Um, like, I know, like, most of the artists I know have, like, in the back of their head somewhere, some, like, sort of semi-ego-driven, uh, like, <laughs> ultimate project that they'd want to do. <laughs> like, if they had all the resources in the mm-hmm. world they could do to, like, to, to do it. Do you have, do you have one of those? Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I have, like, three projects that in my brain that like I need to do um the first one being um an art installation um and so like a lot a huge part of my life is like making shrines out of like bones and photographs and just like treasures that I've picked up through like my travels and my everyday life um and so I want to kind of make like a collective community shrine um and have like everyone contribute and build a shrine together and then like I want like sort of like my artwork hanging up amongst that shrine um hence the ego driven project (laughs) um but then also like I want it to still be like very like storytelling centric and I want to build a box um like kind of like a wooden chest that people can write themselves like love letters or just confessions to themselves um and put them in the box and then I'd like to make like an art piece out of those like confessions and love letters um and yeah that's kind of been like a one that I've thought of for the past year or so and then the pandemic hit right when I wanted to do it and it just like was not the time but I think there will be a time in the future for it mm-hmm. um and then the other project is kind of it's a more of an ongoing project is the moon saloon um and yeah <laughs> and basically it's like this mobile um art resource center um community sort of spot where I want it to like still be like kind of like a traveling art studio for myself where I can like make art with with people and like create custom art pieces for people based on like conversations and stories that we share with one another um but I'd also like it to be a place for other artists to share their artwork and like hang it up on the walls um and 
also slash slash a place where people can access like art supplies and create art pieces themselves. Um, and then my final project is a puppet show. Um, and based off of like the, I want to make like 3D puppets off of my illustrations and like stories. Um, for a long time, I was making these metal puppets out of brass um, and then like using acid to etch images into their little puppet bodies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and what were they made out of, the puppets? Uh, brass, yeah. Um, and those definitely, those would take a long time to make each individual one, but I'm kind of like for this next like project that I'm thinking of, of this puppet show, I want to do more like paper mache, like very like not necessarily perfect looking puppets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Wow, those are, those are some interesting uh, projects that don't they don't they don't seem like you would need a vast amount of resources. No, they're definitely like do like do. economically they're very doable. Yeah. Um, I think like a lot of them like I would hope that I would be able to do a lot of them just from like found items mm-hmm. and found uh, art supplies. Yeah, it seems like. Uh, the art bus could come in handy for it. Definitely. <laughs> that would be great. When we, hit, when we finish that mission, um, um, uh, maybe last question, last couple questions. Um, your your moniker, your nickname, uh, <laughs> what's that all about? At a cowboy. Uh, that, I really struggled coming up with a name for years like to go along with my artwork and for the longest time I was like okay I'll just use like my birth name and that still like just didn't feel really right to me and it didn't feel like it described my artwork well um but I so I came up with the name Attic Cowboy this year and it's a combination of just the my identity with the West and also like the feral nature of the West. Um, Like I kind of, I feel like a feral creature myself. Like I feel like first and foremost, I'm very, I am just a feral woman before I'm an artist. Um, And so definitely like that comes into play. And the attic is like sort of the space and like the mental space that I refer to where all my ideas come from um, and my stories come from. So yeah. A mixture of the attic and the feral nature of the West. Interesting. The feral nature of the, of the West. Um, uh, the um, uh, sort of the thing that all artists don't like talking about is like that mar- that sort of marketing thing. <laughs> like, it's a problem. That's But do you sort of, um, are you sort of, feeling good about how you're going about that? Do you feel, is it becoming like a job for you? Do you feel like you're able to balance out like uh, creating as an artist and finding ways to distribute your work and be sort of fairly compensated for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. Cause I like, it's never, like I never sit down and think like, okay, I'm gonna make a $500 painting today. Like that's just like <laughs> not how I think. Like it's not how I like, think about my artwork I don't 
I've never thought about it in terms of like monetary value. Um, but uh, I also want it to be the way that I survive and I'm able to support myself. So I am kind of like forced into this corner where I do have to think about it from a monetary value and how I market myself. And it's definitely been like a very uncomfortable process of like a balance of like social media and websites and like just like the whole business aspect where I feel like comfortable running a business, but just like going through all the motions of like posting on social media feel really weird and opposite to the human that I am deep down. Um, like at the end of the day, like I just want to live in the woods and like not talk to anybody, um, for years at a time, ideally (laughs) I would just like drop off the face of the earth and make artwork. Um, But unfortunately, like, especially now that we're coming into this, like, age of the internet, um, it's so hard to escape like that Mm -hmm. and to live like that while wanting to be a full-time artist. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like to think that one day I'll get to the point where I'll just be able to be a feral creature in the woods and no one actually knows where I am or what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, And sometimes I come out to sell my artwork. (laughs) But right now... Um, I have like started an Etsy shop and I, uh, also sell my artwork through my Instagram. Um, and definitely like participating in markets has been really helpful for me to get into, like feel more comfortable in like the business side of things of like peddling my artwork. Um, because there's like that personal interaction that you have with the people who are buying your artwork and you can like see that they're like a real human creature and not just like a robot on the Mm -hmm. internet (laughs) Um, it's like if that's what's really cool like I love going to art shows and I love going to art markets and selling my artwork that way um and that's where like a lot of like my uh a lot of my revenue comes from um but it like the internet selling on the internet is also like a really like nice life like passive way to do it and it's like a great way for like a huge audience um like a huge audience to access your artwork Mm -hmm. so it's a love-hate relationship with like with the internet and social media and just like the whole business side of selling artwork yeah, yeah, it's a it's a definite balance for all of us. I think, especially in this time now, when we're all sort of hiding mm-hmm. <laughs> and creating uh, yeah. things. And it's like it's weird to like associate things that are so deeply like to do with like emotions and the heart mm-hmm. with like this very like cold monetary based things like there's such there's such polar opposites and the it's kind of crazy to see them exist together but mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've often thought about uh it's sort of during this time when everyone is is trying to be creative and and keep that energy flowing at the same time we're sort of removed except for very small groups um from a community and mm-hmm. and my most important art has always been a, sort of a reflection of uh, what's going on in my community, how I'm feeling about my community, how I'm feeling about myself. Um, so I, th- I think, especially now, um, as, as artists who are expressing things, it can be sort of a, 
a harder time to sort of decipher. I mean, mm -hmm. if I was going to be writing songs about uh, lack of like spontaneous mm -hmm. human interaction, <laughs> that, would, that would that would like make me more depressed about the yeah. lack of spontaneous human interaction. <laughs> a vicious cycle till I'm just playing like a D minor chord. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, do you have you found that th that this that this pandemic has affected your art in in ways? Mm. Not really. I think if anything, it's like made me realize how inward my artwork is mm -hmm. and how like all of this is just inside of me. Um, and although it is like some of these pieces are based on like my human experience, I realize like I'm just like a human experiencing life every day. So if anything, like it's just caused me to go like more inward with my artwork and just know myself better through my artwork um but it's definitely it's become a more like solitary practice mm -hmm. than I feel like it has been in the past um like I definitely it's weird not being able to like call people and be like do you want to have like an art jam tonight and just like create art together um there's like none of that like in-person sharing going on mm -hmm. which is really weird um like there's usually like I love that like trade of like seeing what other people are working on and like showing them what I'm working on but right now it's like really solely on the internet and that's really weird mm -hmm. um and I think that has changed like the way I perceive my own artwork and the way I perceive art um it uh it's really strange. It's a really strange time to be making artwork and a really fucking cool time to be making <laughs> artwork. Like, it's great to like be on this inward journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this has been super fun. Uh, thanks for being the guinea pig for uh, this, <laughs> this Starlight series we're working on. Um, I don't know if you have it in your brain case, but if people wanted to source out uh this artwork besides what we'll we'll combine this into for some multimedia where would where would people track you down um you can find me on instagram at attic cowboy a-t-t-i-c cowboy um and you can also find my etsy under the same name um those are both two two great places to find me cool cool and uh we'll, we'll multimedia this up and throw it up on our on our website um any Anything else you'd like to share or comments or, or? No, thanks for having me. This has been great. Yeah, yeah. No, it was super fun. It was super fun. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you sharing all this stuff with us. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs>